Hey, this is Danny Backglass. You're listening to Map It Around with Scott and Ryan. Episode 3 on 94.7. KC95. Real Rock Radio. Hi, Scott. Hey, Ryan. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Um, great, great. Yeah. Right off the bat, I want to apologize for the quality of my voice. I've been talking all day, and mm-hmm. I have a sore throat. I don't know okay. if that comes through or not. Uh, today was Clark's fourth birthday, and we hosted a party, so yeah. I did a lot of talking. Just being the MC of the party. Well, you know how oh, parties talking to are. people. Yeah, gotcha. Right, you gotta you gotta do the rounds and et cetera, et cetera. Uh huh. How, what have you been up to in the last month? Well, I could say the last day. Today, that's a little easier to talk about today. We took Hannah to swim class, her second mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. She's eight months old, so it was just kind of pushing her around in the water, and it's pretty fun. Um, oh, and then my sister came by. She was in L.A., and uh, they checked on Hannah, and she listens to the podcast. So, hi, Abby. On that note, we've gotten feedback here and there from people who have listened to the first two episodes, so I kind of thought it'd be fun to address some of the feedback really fast, because some of those things are topics we'll be addressing in today's episode. So first off, like a lot of the feed, well, from friends and family, a lot of the feedback is it's too long, which, you know, yeah. so <laughs> what, I guess. That's true. I've, I, uh, I've seen some feedback in general. And I, I'm not saying it's not too long. It's probably too long. Yeah. But the only people who have told us it's too long are friends and family. Yeah, that's it. Um, then I think the most common other feedback we've gotten is that people actually like the tech talk. They like the the hearing the background, like detailed information about how the map works. And uh, we were, I don't know, maybe a little surprised by that. But um, that's good. It's encouraging. We'll keep going with it. This other person said that they're, you know, had suggestions for topics, and uh, one of them was covering what's good and bad about tables that are coming out for smaller manufacturers. And I kind of want to note that that's, I don't know if that's our forte or my, not my forte at least. Yeah, I mean, I I have an opinion about it, but mm-hmm. it's not educated. Yeah, and, and there's a couple other podcasts you know, frankly, that do that well. I don't get out and play pinball that much, so who cares? Uh, and then the same person said it might also be interesting to hear have some operators on and hear their thoughts. Lo and behold, that's what we're going to do this episode. We have an interview coming up later with an operator. Another one is what ideas do you have for driving engagement with operators, like getting operators on board to use the map and have it help them? Uh, and mm-hmm. that's something we'll chat about also later in the tips and tactics section at the end of the episode. Uh, that'll be dedicated to how the map can work for operators. It's something that some people might not know about, so we might as well chat about it. Fair. That's very fair. And, you know, uh, read ahead here. The operator we interview has some feedback on that, too. Mm. Okay, cool. So what What's your appetite for, for that <laughs> operator interview? Yeah. Don't fast forward. Just hang tight. You'll, you'll get there eventually. <laughs> huh. 
somebody asked if there's a way to organize locations by date last updated. And I wanted to note that right now there is not, but in the upcoming app, there is a way to do that. On that note, then let's chat about the Patreon, which is something we hey, want. Hey, wait, wait a minute, wait what? a minute. Why? Before you do the Patreon, though, sorry, uh-huh. I gotta. Maybe I'm remembering this wrong, but don't the apps have a a feed for updates? Like, there's like an update feed that you can look at. Yeah, you could see the most recent updates. But so... so that's like you know, like you know, Pirates of the Caribbean was added to Wedgehead, so that. You know, that does kind of get you that information, but mm-hmm. <laughs> but in the new app, say you're looking at, uh, you're, you're viewing an area on the map and it loads 10 locations in that area, then you can click over to the list view and it'll show those 10 locations in a list with text. And then there's three ways you can sort that list. You can sort that list of locations by alphabetical or by distance or by last updated got it okay that is different that is new yeah and and the the segue to patreon was going to be that we on patreon you could do this thing where you can have like members only or like patron only posts and only people that are patrons can see those posts and we did a post last month that is uh, like a sneak peek of the app like a, a one or two minute long video showing just some of the um, features of it and how it looks. I mean, it's pretty rough. There's going to be a lot of like feature and style changes coming up, but we thought it'd be fun to just uh, show that. And so Patreon update then. We launched a Patreon, patreon.com slash pinball map, as a way for people to support the map. And since it's been, I don't know, a little over a month, we have now 26 total patrons and since the last episode, we've had 14 new ones. And mm. we're, I think we're at a total of $83 a month. That's pretty good. Yeah. That seems good. So I think in the tech section, we'll talk about what we're using that money for. Because this is a new thing, us having money. Um, No, I mean, it's really cool. We were, I don't, I don't want to ruin any future conversations here but we were on a call with uh representatives from aws amazon web services the other day uh talking about costs and how to cover costs and what our budget was and blah 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 and it came up in that meeting that maybe we should put ads on the site to try to get more money and Mm. we were able to say no uh (laughs) we don't want to do that and uh the reason we are able to not do that is because of things like the patreon so yeah. uh that's great. I mean, I don't I don't want to see ads on there ever. No. Yeah. No. Uh, this so, is this so is a much having, better and and you know, previous it was us spending our own money on it. Uh so it's huge. It's a, it's a a meaningful impact. So thanks to all of the Patreons. Yes. Is that the right name? Patreons are the people uh, you know what I, Patreons? Uh, yeah, I actually haven't figured that out yet. I feel like sometimes they're called patrons. I think patron might be the thing, but that I don't know. Why not just call them a Patreon? I feel like hmm. I don't know. Your site's called Patreon. I kind of think it's acceptable to call our supporters Patreons also. Yeah, whoever you are, thank you for your support. <laughs> Whatever you are. Yeah. 
And on that note, yeah, we have shirts for sale still. And they're cool shirts, so you should feel cool if you're wearing them. I've seen them. I saw them today in person for the first time, and they're pretty good. Uh, I think in the previous podcast, I was really talking up the Portland pinball map one, Mm -hmm. and it is a great one. But I will say the redo of the old shirt with Mm -hmm. the small logo on the front and the big one on the back, Mm -hmm. that's pretty good too. It's an attractive yeah, I shirt. That. I thought that was a good idea to have it double-sided. Yeah, double-sided. Uh, one comment I got today was that they, these, they're different brand blank shirts than the last time, and these ones run a little bit bigger than before. So keep that in mind. I will. I wasn't talking to you. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry about that. Okay. And now Ryan interviews his dad about a pinball machine that they owned while Ryan was growing up. So, you grew up in outside of Chicago. Yes, I did. Arlington Heights, Illinois. And that, Chicago, I don't know, this area, I don't know if you knew this, that's where most of the pinball was manufactured in the U.S. There was Gottlieb. I've uh, heard of them. Bally. I know them and Stern Pinball, which is, uh, they were in the early 80s and then they're back again now, and they're in that area. Um, so, as a little kid, were you ever, were you aware of pinball? I think at some point I was, you know. We would go, I mean, I, I don't remember playing pinball specifically, but I'm sure we did. Uh, and, you know, we didn't have video games when I was young, so we played pinball sometimes. And then uh, when I was born in 1980, we had Paragon in the house, and that's a 1978 Bally machine. How did we get that? Uh, We got it because uh, from our account, I played in a band. They were, the accountants gave us Christmas presents, and that was my Christmas (laughs) presents. (laughs) That was it. Got a pinball machine one Christmas. Wow. Did your accountants know that you liked it? Or no, anything? I think they just, you know, wanted to give something that was cool and hip at the time. And uh, I didn't request it. It was kind of a total surprise. Wow. And you still have it and it's still in your garage. Yeah, we still play it. The grandkids now play it, too. Yeah. And uh, the eight-year-old Oliver just got over 100000 on it uh, a short time ago. And he was very thrilled. And then in the band you played in, Ario Speedwagon. Yes. Uh, in your video, In My Dreams. Yes. There, That was recorded at your studio. Well, it was recorded at a rehearsal space. Rehearsal yes. space. Yeah. And you had two machines in the video. You know, that was a... Is that a prop? Or? I don't know. It might have been, but I think that we... That space that we recorded that video in was more not our space, but just a space that the guy making the video used and may have put it in or may have already been in there. I don't know. But I do remember seeing it in the video, yes. Yeah, because the other band members liked playing pinball. They'd come over to our house and everyone liked it. Well, the record plant had tons of pinball machines and we recorded there more than once and is that uh, the name of it record? The, the record plant yeah in la that was yeah. in la and we uh played pinball all the time yeah okay cool 
Pinball rocks. All right, well, that's probably right. good enough. Map tech, map tech, map tech, map tech, 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 Okay, then let's talk about some map tech, 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 tech. Tech, 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 tech. In this map tech segment, we're going to chat about maps and the technology behind them. Oh. Yeah, it's a very literal map tech this time. It's our, is this the golden map tech? Yeah. Because it's the time, yeah, forget <laughs> it. I think it is. Or it's the bronze one. Yeah. Um, so sure. this in this map tech, we'll chat about moving from using the Google Maps API to an alternative to serve us our maps. Well, here's a little background on what map tile services are. Basically, every time you visit a web map, it's it's it consists of these 256 pixel square PNG images that are all geo-referenced and stitched together seamlessly. So you're just looking at a bunch of pictures that uh, are in the correct latitude and longitude, and they've been projected from a globe to a flat plane or from a flat earth to a flat plane exactly yeah you don't know what projection is used it actually probably uses the web mercator projection and as a quick aside if you want to know anything more about project map projections because it's very complicated and weird uh, and i do mapping every day and i just barely understand them uh, you could just go to the Wikipedia for map projections and you see all the crazy ways that people convert a globe or a flat earth into a flat plane. It's really weird. I don't work with maps all day. If you'd like to learn more about flat earth, <laughs> Google research flat earth. <laughs> uh, yeah. So you were saying. So I was saying. Um, yeah, so there's an ice wall around the earth. Oh, wait, what are we talking about? <laughs> Okay, so that's it. We got these tiles, and those tiles are sitting on a server. Previously, there we were using Google server, and when you bring up a map, or you know when you search something on on Pinball Map, you get these tiles served up to you with like streets and points of interest and things like that overlaid on top. As Ed, sorry to jump in here, but as a map novice which i am a map novice i feel like uh, a mind-blowing moment for me is thinking about everything you just said these are png files being stitched together seamlessly but now think about zooming in and panning around on a google map Mm -hmm. think about the level of detail that they like down to the street level um or all the way up to the earth level it's got to be like I mean, we're talking billions of images. Yeah. How many images? It's I don't even. Yeah, know. I have no idea how many images. Because yeah, for each zoom level, it's a new set of images because the different levels right. of detail come up on each zoom level. It's crazy, and there's at least I don't know twenty, twenty-five zoom levels. So for someone to host all that data and serve it up as quickly as it gets served up, I don't know. It's kind of impressive. Yeah, it, it feels pretty impressive to me. I think. You know, who knows how much space the Google Maps tiles take up, but if you use OpenStreetMap tiles, 
I keep seeing ranges for how much space those are, but it's somewhere between 60 to 200 gigabytes just for the Earth. What's OpenStreetMaps, Ryan? (laughs) I'm glad you asked, Scott. Uh, So we have been using Google Map for 10 years, and it's been free, and it's been nice. I love Google Maps. I think it's a great service, and it's served us really well. However, they increased their price humongously. Uh, It went from free to we tallied up it would cost us about 350 or so dollars per month to use their service with their new pricing scheme yeah i mean it's like and uh we already we have a 200 dollars credit so that makes the total only 150 wait no sorry i i have to well actually you there ryan um the 300 dollar price tag is after the credits applied ah really yeah it, it, if oh, we didn't yeah. I, I mean everyone who signs up gets 200 dollars a month that's okay. their way of saying it's still free or whatever but uh-huh. our usage puts us at 525 dollars a month yeah. I wow yeah. I, didn't, I didn't realize that oh yeah okay that's crazy okay so whatever it is it's it's not tenable and no. uh we had like a couple months six months or something to get off and find an alternative and we delayed that until about two weeks before it was due (laughs) because frankly i didn't believe it like i i didn't and i you know this is my fault because i'm i i have the eyeballs i guess we both have eyeballs on that console um but for a service that we got for free for so long you know, I just assumed this was somehow going to work out. <laughs> I just, I'm saying it out loud, it just sounds so dumb, but it feels like such a massive shift in their policy. Which, yeah, it's humongous. But it did almost work out because we got an early adopter extra credit that kind of floated us for some extra months. Like, if that could have kept going, that would have been all right. Yeah, totally. And because the service works as good as it does, it's not the kind of thing you want to sink time into or thought um which is you know our our mistake i guess um yeah unless you really need to yeah yeah i mean i mean and and the the way i think about it in my head is we most of us probably get email for free nowadays um Mm -hmm. imagine if one day google said hey your gmail accounts now cost uh 30 bucks a month you know you you would you could pay it, I, you know, but you'd be a little put out, right? Like yeah. to the point where maybe you just look somewhere else. Yeah, um, you go you go to fast mail for five dollars a month. Just kidding. Right. <laughs> so where? What is the fast mail of map services? Surely there is an alternative. Yeah, it from the surface it seems like it there that there is, and our alternatives are using. First, for the tiles themselves, using OpenStreetMap, OSM. And that's like an open source, crowdsourced map tile thing, map tile map, that uh, um, you can download and then use. There isn't there isn't like a, a, a map that you can use just like Google Maps, a web map, where you can just use OpenStreetMaps. So there's basically, it's like the people that create and maintain OpenStreetMap, they all started little side businesses to sell us map tile 
services. Um, that's how they make money and make it worth their time to be developers. And I don't know if that's the case with this, these examples we're going to give right now, but basically there's a lot of options and they're all kind of the same. Um, but we went with Mapbox at first because we had a pinball map user who works at Mapbox and told us, Hey, you might be interested because of this massive Google maps price increase. You might be interested in Mapbox. And we priced it out and Google maps is 50,000 free views a month. And then every additional 1000 views after that is $7, which goes up very, very quickly. (laughs) (laughs) It's just the weirdest pricing scheme. Yeah, it is weird. It is weird. Yeah. And Mapbox is 50,000 free. And then every additional one is 50 cents. 50 cents. Let's do that. Let's switch to that. that. And we did. It's a basically a a drop-in replacement. You just have to change. How much code did you have to change? A lot or oh, yeah. not a lot? I find this to be pretty clever and funny. So when you use a service like Google Maps, you um, end up writing methods and calling code to get their objects into your code. Uh, what Mapbox did is they made their code essentially almost the same exact syntax that Google used. So I think, I want to say it was like 45 minutes of work and, and maybe like 20 lines of code that had to be changed in order to make an entire switch to an entirely new service and software. Yeah. Um, it's clever. I mean, if it was a total rewrite, then maybe we wouldn't even have tried it. Right. So problem solved, right? That sounds cheap. Well, not so fast. What we did at that point was we looked at the console to see how many views were being used on Mapbox and saw that it was racking up around 10,000 views a day. So we were going to hit our 50,000 quota in five days. And then, which just... You know, that's it's basically what's way faster than we were with Google Maps. Way, way faster. Why? It's almost as if the word view means different things to each of these companies. Yeah, it is exactly almost like that. Oh. <laughs> and uh, here's what it means to the to Google Maps. A view is when you load the map that counts as a view. You can pan, you can zoom you can, and you know, keep in mind when you're panning and zooming, new map tiles are loading during that time, but it still counts as a single view. Pretty cool. Map tile on the, I mean, sorry, map box on the other hand, uh, they define a view as when four tiles load. Four of those PNG files? Four of those PNG files. And if mm-hmm. you load up a single location on Pinball Map, you might be seeing eight or 10 of those tiles. That's before you do anything, before you zoom or pan. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So what happens is their definition of a view is completely different, and you end up just like eating through those views. So the comparison of the price comparison between the two is apples to oranges. It's not a good comparison. It doesn't make sense. There's you know folks from Mapbox on forums saying that they're they're a tenth the price of Google Maps. I mean, everywhere it says they're cheaper, and they might be a little bit cheaper, but 
They're not a tenth the cost. What was the estimated cost on our map box? Well, after running it for just like five days and seeing those stats, uh, our, I estimated about 125 a month. Okay. Still, I mean, definitely better than 300-something bucks, but mm-hmm. 125 is uh, well beyond our current budget. Oh, and yeah. would And we'd spend all of our money on a map service that we were getting for free a few weeks ago. Yeah. Ugh. Oy. And uh, we, we did actually chat with the Mapbox people, and they were very nice. I can't, I, I would like to emphasize that they had good customer service. Because just because we had like questions about the viewing, I actually straight up asked them, I was like, is it, is this real that your definition of a view is totally different than Google's definition? And they ended up giving us three free months of Mapbox. Just Which for, is awesome. Yeah, very cool. It gives us some nice breathing room. We're not paying 125 plus a month. Yeah, and I, I mean, just to echo what you say, I feel, I feel like a goofball complaining about paying for a service that is, like, amazing, right? Like, yeah. uh, you're serving up tiles of pictures of the Earth in near real time, uh, and I'm going to complain that you want me to pay for that, and you're also cheaper than Google. Uh, so to be clear, I don't begrudge them their livelihood. It's just a bummer to have to pay for something that used to be free. That's all. Yeah, and to pay so much more than free. <laughs> right. So what do we do now, Ryan? I guess uh, pinball map's done. Yeah, we're shutting down in three days, <laughs> and this is our last podcast. Well, w- real quick soapbox before your your big reveal on why the pinball map isn't shutting down. Uh this might sound a little dramatic, but I honestly do wonder if things like this are going to change the face of the internet as we know it. Um, because we're we're a map-centric service, but we're not a huge one, right? Like, mm-hmm. there's a lot of people that look at the map, but I'm sure there's much bigger map services out there. But if we are priced out of using this thing, I mean, how many other people just got priced out of using this thing and it it used to be you could just toss a map on your website now you're really gonna have to think about that because there might be a real price tag associated with it yeah definitely and since i do mapping for my work and for fun i sometimes have ideas for mapping sites that could make me money or something like that like a side business and now how i think of that is totally different because now i'm like oh but i can't if it got popular, suddenly my bill might be humongous and I can't just dump money into a project that might not go anywhere or, you know, it just, it just changes the game of how I think of things like that. Yeah. And I mean, we can put a number on it, 50,000. If more than 50,000 people look at your map in a month, it will cost you money. And and 50,000 doesn't, I mean, that's not a ton, right? Yeah. And it goes buy very quickly depending on which service you're using yeah so how are we going to save this old pinball map we're going to host the tiles ourselves is that, that what you thought hard. i'd say <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah i guess i was hoping you'd say that yeah uh it sounds very hard yeah it does sound kind of hard you have to have a map tile server that uh-huh 
serves them up. And fortunately, it I mean, OSM is kind of in a good place. It just has a good community where there are lots of resources. There's a website called Switch2 with the letter, I mean, the number two, OSM, that uh, gives you tutorials on how to do this. There's another service called Map Tyler, which is a like a um, it's kind of like Mapbox, and uh, they also have a little Docker package for uh, a map server. So, and the Docker package could ostensibly just pop into you could just drop it onto some hard drive somewhere. Mm. Uh. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I mean uh to to put some color around that Ryan and I are uh well Ryan more than me is capable of running his own servers and you know Ryan uses Linux. I'm looking at a Mac right now. Um we have engaged two DevOps experts to volunteer their time. I believe they're paid in t-shirts. Uh, yeah. <laughs> to, <laughs> to help us through setting up the actual hardware. Uh, necessary to run a service like this because think about it i mean it's i don't know is it cool it feels cool um to think that there's going to be a computer out there with pictures of the world uh whose only chore in life is to serve those pictures to the delight of pinball map users uh you just got replaced google (laughs) (laughs) oh i'm drunk with power yeah yeah um yeah so uh so we get the tiles, we put the tiles somewhere with this amazing software that people wrote for free and are letting us use for free. Uh, Scott, where are we going to store those? Oh, geez. Um, well, I have a computer in my basement, but I don't have a reliable internet connection. Yeah. Uh, Heroku <laughs> might be able to do that, but I kind of don't think so. It sounds like you need a pretty beefy machine to do that. Uh, where would you go to get a highly configurable beefy machine in the modern age? Well, I'd probably go to the beefiest place on earth, Amazon. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, kind of in line with our last podcast conversations, we're continuing to engage AWS, Amazon web services, uh, which is a suite of software. I don't know. Is that the right way to say this? Uh, 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 massive warehouses of hardware that people have written software on top of that lets you uh, stand up machines and infrastructure uh, and then have users talk to those machines uh, to get pictures on their computer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, in addition to our plan of migrating the actual API and web server, now we're going to set up a map server there. So that's great news. And and I don't know how much detail we should get into here, but um now nah, we're still working all that out, but yeah, that's and so, we've been chatting with a a person, a couple of people from AWS and one of whom is a Pinball Map user. Right. Maybe we've already mentioned that. <laughs> I don't think we have, but it's great cuz this uh this guy's really helping us out and uh excited to see where it goes along with our DevOps team of Elijah, Elijah and, and Jordan. Jordan. Yep. Yep, Elijah's in your neck of the woods, and Jordan's in my neck of the woods. Oh yeah, yeah. One of these days, we should have some sort of pinball map. Um, what do people have? Like a company retreat? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> company repose. Uh, anyway, a company kickback. 
Um, what were you going to say? I, uh, I was going to, yeah, I was going to note that we're even, even once we're using OSM map service on our own server, we're still going to be using the Mapbox GL JavaScript in order to act like help us communicate with the server and serve up those tiles. Cause Mapbox created an open source free JavaScript program. Is, that's the drop-in replacement part that for Google Maps. So we can still use that, which is nice. And it's a very customizable one. You can add, uh, you can create themes, which I think is always really fun. You can create a new, you could customize the info window and the pin, the map pin. It's really customizable. And I think that's going to be fun to work with. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you brought that part up. Um because it's important, I think, to divorce the two concepts of tiles and software to show tiles. Mm -hmm. Um, And for people who don't care at all about our conversation about (laughs) tiles, maybe you care about the software part. And actually, this is something you can see right now. Uh, Like if you go on the Pinball Map website and look Mm -hmm. at a map, you are looking at the new mapping software that we're using. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is where I'm gonna call for feedback. Because I got an opinion here, and I don't, I don't think we agree on this necessarily. I think the map tile, uh, I'm sorry, the Mapbox GL software is super cool. Does all this customization work that I know you get really into? But I am a little worried that it's kind of heavyweight. Like when you, I have an older computer, and if I go to the site, sometimes it's, it feels like it's dragging a little bit. Mm. Like it's, it, it's like so cutting edge and cool that maybe it doesn't work as well on older computers like mine. So anyway, the only I, I'm not bringing that up to be a, a downer. I'm bringing it up to say that there are multiple map tile software display mechanisms, and some yeah. are lighter weight. Hmm. So I'm putting it out there. I'm saying if you're like me uh, and your machine's dragging a bit, let us know because we can always try lighter weight ones too. Yeah, oh, or we also might be able to turn off some of the animations or something yeah, it's like the that. animation make it, make it a little more like yeah yeah I, I think that's it like when it, with google maps you'd load it up and it, it felt like a static image almost that you dragged around now it feels like i'm playing doom 2 quake yeah there's this big swooping animation yeah. where you like it like pans out to the world and then zooms in it's like i don't need that and which yeah i mean yeah. it's cool it looks cool i just i notice I noticed the the performance, that's all. Yeah, I, I, we'll have to figure out what that is. That might be the pan to function. That's my guess, but yeah. uh, that's all I could see in there that's doing that, but okay. whatever. There's probably well, ways to just like like a binary to turn that off. Well, feedback appreciated, and it's a work in progress. Um, so the, the good news is, well, the, uh, there's mostly bad news here, I guess. The bad news is suddenly we had to pay for something that we used to get for free, um, we found that it was basically impossible to not pay for it. Uh, we're mitigating the cost as much as we can by hosting our own service. And we got lucky that people are helping us do that, uh, but it still is gonna cost money. Um, the other bad piece of news here is, I don't know about you, but this is what I've been doing for like a month. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, like imagine somebody's, you know, hey, this thing that used to be just there, now you gotta replace it. Yeah, yeah. We'd rather be spending our time 
working on other stuff on the map. I'd rather be spending more time on the React Native app than this. Yeah, so to be continued. Hey, check it out. Next up on Mapping Around with Scott and Ryan, we have an interview with Chris Rhodes, longtime operator and now a recent owner of a new bar slash club slash pinball arcade on Sandy in Northeast Portland called Wedgehead. Chris has also been a longtime supporter of the tournament scene and the pinball community in Portland and uh, also one of the original gang leaders. OOO, out of order, one of CFF's first rivals. Check it out. So tell me about Wedgehead, where we are right now. Okay, so I don't know, this is always a tough question. I mean, like I did a little radio interview and they're like, so tell us about it. And I'm like, what do you want to know? Right, you know, like right. I, I could, you know, like we inherited this building from a place called the No and uh, we removed the stage and did a lot of work to the building, and we tried to build a place where you could play pinball or you could hang out in a bar and it's comfortable. Were you an operator for the No? Yes. Were you an operator for the No when it was on Alberta? Yes. Ryan and I used to hang out there and play. Oh, yeah. we played the Family Guy there. Like, yeah, that was that was my Family Guy. Okay, nice. Yeah, nice. yeah, the Family Guy. The one that always has been at the No and is continual continually be here is the Sopranos. Of course. Yeah, like that game, I've taken special effort to make sure that it's working really well all the time. Like, and I've I've been told that people are like, this is the best working Sopranos around. So, is that like in general a pretty big route machine? I see Sopranos all over yeah, the place. Yeah, it is. I mean. George Gomez, like yeah, he, he knows yeah, how yeah. to sell a game. Like yeah. it's happening with Deadpool right now. You right. know, like it's like George Gomez designs earn. You know, Lord of the Rings. You know, Batman. Whatever it was, Batman Dark Knight. Like yeah. people love playing that game. Because yeah. I think I think they're they're good like beginners games for people. I feel like they get their money's worth because you can play it for a long time, get several multi balls. Right. And the themes replays. are always themes are always good for a bar. I'd imagine too. Yeah, Sopranos. That's much true. Yes, Sopranos. I, I, you know, like it's so funny how often Sopranos come up. Like a friend of mine, you know, who's just watching Sopranos for the first time, and he, we were talking about it the other day. It was pretty funny. You know, like he's just like, I, I'm just watching it for the first time, so all of it starts to make sense oh, from gotcha. the game. Yeah, it's like yeah. he's piecing it all together. Yeah, you know? Stu Gotts and all that stuff. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, back to Wedgehead. I mean, it's. I, first time I just walked in, it's amazing. Huge space. I like that there's a game area and there's a like kind of a hangout area. Yeah, too. that's that's purposely done so people could be comfortable hanging out. Like if you don't want to spend quarters, there's a place to eat and drink. And I mean, and we've created a, a food, a, like a, a menu that is definitely edible. Like yeah. it's really good. Our 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 kitchen manager, my business partner, Alan Robertson, is definitely a great cook like he's he's he was at Clyde Common he was a kitchen manager bunk sandwiches for a number of years so he's got a lot of chops San Diego style tacos did I read that right he wants to make that happen on Tuesday nights oh taco Tuesday fish fish tacos but that's gonna be a rotating thing it's not on the menu yet so okay 
Yeah, we 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 haven't even rolled out our whole menu yet. We're we're, we're probably at about sixty five percent of it. Right okay. Now. When did you open officially? We had our soft opening last Tuesday, which was September eleventh. Oh, it's a great day. Never Cheers forget. Yeah, yeah. Never forget. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, so we had a soft opening and we had a tournament the next night. Went dark for a day and then last Friday was our first real business day. We've been open since. Are you planning on doing regular events here? Yeah, that's something that I don't know. I, I, I want people to hold events here. I don't know oh. if I necessarily want to be the person planning. Got it. Because, uh, I mean, I might try to do some fun stuff every once in a while, but I think there's enough people in the community who are doing things that if they want to do them here, I'm very welcoming to whoever wants to come in and try to do something. I, I feel like there's almost tournament fatigue in this town. Like this seems like every night of the week there's a different event going on. Yeah. And I don't want to try to get into that mix. I want someone to come in and do it. And, and I mean, that just helps people feel like they're more connected to the place as well. So. Sure. You did run tournaments where machines were the prize, right? Buy-in, you play, you get a machine. No, I've never no. done that. Oh, okay. No. I got my facts. I I would bring turn. I'd bring machines to tournaments, and whatever the collection was, I would give away like seventy five percent of the collection. Or something. I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. And they were usually like really old games, like that nobody had ever seen before, and nobody knew how to play. So. That, that was, that's been kind of a signature of the way that I, whenever there's a tournament at my locations, I don't reveal what's going to be there. I'll swap out games right before so players won't know what they are. Makes Just sense. to kind of mess with people. Like when I've done the state, the state when I hosted the state tournament the first couple of years, I wouldn't release, you know, bring, I would have 23 machines at the old mill. I think it was 20, maybe it was 17 or 18, but I would bring them all in like right before and not let anybody know what they were. Nice. Yeah. I don't really compete. I just have machines I like. And what I find is over time, these tournaments happen, and then it gets harder and harder to get those machines. Like Skateball, Frontier, most recently Fast Break. Like these, these machines show up, and it seems like everybody just plays them over and over again. So the yeah. surprise element makes a ton of sense. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that's the level playing field. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, Greg Dunlap, he's, a, he's, you know, he hosts a lot of tournaments, and he's a tournament player. And he always, it seems like he gets a kick out of it. Like he, he, he kind of, he thinks it's hilarious how I do it. But unveil, yeah, unveil. it's kind of like ah, come check it out. Uh, are you still gonna operate around town? Yeah. Outside of here? Oh, nice. I've, I've gotten rid of a couple locations, but not many. Okay. Uh, I've always been curious as an operator. It's usually 50-50 split or whatever the deal is with the owner. When you get paid out, do you just get like a bucket load of quarters, or do they write you a check? How does that work? Well, I pay them out, so oh, I do a percentage split okay. with the bars, and then I pay them out, and I usually pay them in cash. So you're walking out of there with buckets full of quarters, like constantly. I have. When I do bank runs, you know, I'll have like five thousand dollars in quarters. Oh my god! I have like a little, like, like a little dolly that I'll with a milk crate and toss all the bags of quarters in there, and then I go and change them. Cool. Bank runs usually take me like forty-five minutes an hour. So it really is just like you go home, you dump it in the machine, it rolls it, and then you show no, up. No, they won't take rolls. So what it's all it? loose quarters in plastic bags. Whoa! And then they uh, they they Wham. take those and no, they run them through a machine, and then. Yeah, I count. I have a an old clop 
is the name of the company. It's a it's a chain, it's a counter. And I had a hand crank in for a number of years that I got from one of my locations. It's over in St. John's called Slim's. Yeah. It's an old time bar that's it used to be uh, you know, the doctors and all those yeah. people used to go there. And they used to have a, a bank in the front actually where they would you could cash your paychecks and stuff like that. Really? But they had one in the back and when the new guy took over, he's like, Hey, you want this? He sold it to me for thirty bucks. It was a hand crank, and I have actually uh, like a like a callus right here on my, my index finger from cranking. And then recently I got, and I think I dated that one back to the 40s. And I recently got one that is exactly the same, but it has a motor in it, and it's super old too. And it's, you know, I count all the quarters one by one. You know. Speaking of St. John's, I saw that this place was almost in St. John's as a St. John's resident and a guy who plays it. Like yeah. That's my only place. Yeah, I'm very happy for you, and this is an amazing location. Yeah, I'll say when this works out and you expand, please consider. <laughs> hey, man, this this was. I mean, I don't want to say it was second choice, but this kind of opportunity felt like after we we tried to set up in St. John's and we had a bunch of hurdles that we couldn't overcome with the city and zoning and stuff like that. Like we applied for permits and when we went through planning, they told us one thing, and then once the permits were submitted, they told us something else, oh, which yeah. caused us to not be able to. So when that fell through, we were bummed out, and me and Alan were just threw it in the trash. Like, yeah. I didn't even think about any, because it was a lot of time and effort that I put into that, money too, and then it was like, I don't even want to think about opening a place, and then the opportunity just came up. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's an amazing location. I imagine, like, dealing with the OLCC and all that stuff has got to be kind of a pain. Not so bad. I Not mean, so bad. They're, they're, they're just a state-run organization. You just got to follow their rules and, and turn in the paperwork on time and just be diligent about following up on stuff. and. Easy. I mean, it's not easy, but it, it takes work, you know, but yeah, it's, yeah. it's not any different than anything else. I mean, if you're a felon, I can imagine it would be a problem. Yeah, but sure, sure. I, I'm not a felon yet, or hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> um, when you were an operator, or primarily an operator, or I don't know how you characterize now, I imagine you're a restaurateur, bar owner, slash operator. Whatever. Whatever. Um, when you were at, when you were pushing the routes, was there, for a user of your machines, is there etiquette that you expect people to follow? Like, obviously don't beat the shit out of the machine, but if well, I show up and it's off at a bar and there's no sign on it, am I allowed to turn it on? Am I allowed to turn it off if it's See, I, 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 I would just shut them off and like if I get a call from the location, I'll say put a sign on it and shut it off. Yeah. There's a sign on it, people usually don't turn it on. But I've started actually pulling the fuse out of the machine so people can't turn it on. Because oh, nice. I had a cent centaur over a Blackbird that somebody turned on and it fried out a coil because it was like locked on because of switches. Yep. So it's like the older, like the new machines kind of are safeguarded against that sort of thing. But uh, yeah, so I just pulled the, the, the main fuse for the game so people like i tried to turn it on it wouldn't do anything it's like yeah or yeah. unplug it you know yeah and it's on it's not working they blame you yeah um out of order that's still what you're operating as right that's my amusement company yeah uh was this a pinball gang at some point as well yeah man yeah. we started we started with cff like 
Like, CFF was kind of starting and doing their thing. This is a long time ago. I don't even know what year. But then I was like, all right, well, then I'll create Out of Order because I want to be the yeah. only, You can't be the only gang in town. Right. You've got to be rivals. Yeah. yeah. And uh, we had a couple rumbles, like, I think three rumbles. Like, whereas we had, like, teams and we'd play each other. And uh, CFF always had way more members than us. Yeah. So, like, they had deeper pockets to... to for people to play, and I think we, we beat them in one rumble, and they won the other two. Nice. So yeah, I remember CFF and OOO were the two that are kind of burned in my head. You play around town, maybe. Uh, there's Dan, still some Dan guys. Too. There's still some guys who played with us who still put up OOO. So, oh nice. Yeah, I stopped putting up OOO when I started operating games. I was just like. I don't want to have any beef with anybody. Not that CFF and I have ever really had a beef. It was kind of like a was fun, a fun rivalry. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it's like ever since I stopped, started operating, it's like yeah. I don't really want to. You know, I, I want everybody to play the games. So it's like I don't want any weirdness or anything like that. So I still, if I'm playing on games that aren't mine and I get a high square, I'll put up OOO. But on my games on location, if I'm testing them and playing them. And not cheating or anything like that. I'll put up a bub. Um, yeah, B-U-B. And if, uh, if any marijuana is in my system, I'll put a bub. Bud. <laughs> Which very rarely anymore if there's any pot. But, yeah, you yeah. know, whatever. Nice. Um, how did you learn how to do this? Like, fix machines and fix them at scale. Like, people can tinker, but you're, you know, flipping machines all day long. Uh, I get help from people still. I mean, I, I try to do a lot of it myself. It's it's kind of like you know the whole learning curve, and it's like I was climbing for the longest time, and now I'm like I'm a little bit the way down. Oh yeah. I'm not I'm not a super I'm totally dyslexic, and I'm not really good at reading things. Mm. So I watch instructional videos. Yeah. I do read some things, but like the super technical stuff, I kind of just fake it till you make it. You just yeah. kind of keep doing it, and then you know like rely on people's Google search. I mean computer figure anything out these days it seems yeah so it's just it's just been a, a you know kind of going against like trying to figure it out it's Thanks just kind of happened um do you use as an operator do you use the pinball map at all or do you rely more on bartenders at locations i do sometimes uh i i usually I like the public to kind of run it, you know, because I yeah. feel that's the way it should be. You yeah. know, like I when I get service alerts, like I usually have already been told by the bar, but I like getting the emails saying like, "Hey, this machine screwed up." But some people, some some of the some of the the comments though are just have really nothing to do with like the actual how a machine works. It's more yeah. so people complaining that the machine's too hard. Yeah, because I, I set my tilts really tight. I put my machines really steep. People don't like it, but it's like I kind of feel like the harder you set up a machine, the better people are gonna play. Yeah, you know, it's like it's like because I come from the lineage of skateboarding, and like skateboarding parts we built, and people would be like, "How the fuck am I gonna skate? It's so steep, it's so scary." And then two years later, kids are you know pulling airs on it. You know, like yeah. you know, like and it's like you build it, people figure. It. Yep. So it's like. You know, it might not be the best for the beginner player, but it's what's going to get you to be a better player. Well, I mean, you're definitely a really reliable operator in this town. We get operators using the map that will delete other operators' machines or um, tell us to remove their machines because people will comment that their stuff's broken and the operator won't go fix it 
but they also don't want that message on there. So we, there's shenanigans. Is wow. what I'm trying uh, to say. It gets really goofy. I'm, I'm all for power of the people. You know, like, like if I don't update the map, I figure someone will come in and play who will update the map. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, I think players will work it out themselves, man. The yeah. public, the public is smart enough and fast enough and quick enough to take care of it themselves. Can we do a lightning round? Sure. Hardest machine to keep running. Right now, I've been battling Black Hole. Black Hole. I hate Black Hole. I mean, I fucking hate it. And my other nemesis is Theater Magic. Theater which Magic. I, I haven't had Theater Magic on location for a long time, and I brought it back out, and I have it here at Wedgehead. And it's like, I'm having problems with quarters. They're not getting stuck in the mechanisms. They're getting stuck in the slot after the mechanism for some crazy reason. So not like, a play field issue? No, shit. the trunk is a goddamn oh, shit show. Like, the Eddie sensors, like, game is a drag. What about the garage on Simpsons? I've never had a problem with it. Never had a problem I, with Mine started getting slow, and then I put a little bit of synthetic lube on the two. There's two, uh, there's two, like, you know, where the, the door hinges. Mm -hmm. Like, I put a little bit of lube on that, and then the thing started playing, like, super, like, king, and it would open up right away. Okay. So I've never really had a problem with it. Best moneymaker title, not necessarily machine on location, but I'll take both if you know. I mean, it's usually whatever's the newest out. Yeah. You know, like Iron Maiden, Deadpool. Deadpool. You know, before that it was Star Wars. Before yeah. that it was, you know, like new look, new, new games earn big, but like over the long haul, you know, Sopranos has been really reliable for me. Lord of the Rings. You know, all the games that are super popular. Yep, yep. You know, Medieval Madness. I, I only got a Medieval Madness remake. I didn't think I would ever have one. Like, when I would start new locations, people were like, do you have a Medieval Madness? I'm like, no, and I probably never will. I'm like, yeah. sorry, you know, like, like $10, I'll do $10,000. Yeah, it's like, it's like 10000 plus for a machine that was built in 91. And I'm like, I don't have, I mean, I, it'll take a long time to earn that back. Yeah, you yeah. Know? like, it's just a business thing. Uh, what neighborhood in Portland is the roughest on the machines? None, man. I, it seems like people are pretty kind to my machines. You know, like, I, I mean, I'm there to fix them when they're broken, and people see that, you know, like, I carry, occasionally I'll get a sticker put on the side of one of them. I hate that. Yeah. But, you know, I've had the lock bar carved, like, once, maybe twice, but, like, for the most part, like I, I mean, I had machines at the No in Alberta when that place was kind of dark and whatever it was, and people were almost the nicest to the machines over there. Found the, I don't, I mean, my my locations are kind of a little bit handpicked too. Yeah. Like I, I don't like sports cars and stuff like that. I don't do that sort of thing. So yeah. I can imagine there, like with some jockos, might get a little bit aggressive with the machines. Yeah. Okay. So, um, I think you answered this, but personal all-time favorite machine. Big Casino. Big Casino. What is it about Big Casino? I don't know. We should go play it. But it's, it's so, you know, it's, it's, a, it's an EM. You, you've got to push the ball to serve the ball into the play field. And the flippers are way, like, on the opposite edges of the cabinet. And people look at it, and they're like, this is going to be impossible. And I, and I put some really... The, the silicone rubbers on there so the ball bounces like crazy and you it's like the ultimate nudge and flip game you know like it really teaches you how to play pinball. you know like it like it's like 
watch how the ball is going to hit something and the angle it comes off of and when you're going to be, be conscious of don't just swing at it like when you hit it where it's going to hit off the bat you know yeah it's really fun man. it's I really really fun i should have checked before it came but i imagine this place has got to be one of a handful of places in town with ems or wedge heads yeah. any of that stuff yeah maybe yeah i i, I, I try to Ground control had that bowling game for a while. Kingpin, and, yeah. Now that's not I don't think they have it anymore. Yeah. I try to, you know, if I have more than five machines on a location, I try to put something that has a little bit of history. And just because, you know, if you get a bunch of games that everybody else has, like, why not try to mix it up a little bit? Like, I, I really, I really try to curate lineups where it's like you get a little bit old, a little bit of new. You know, like I try to keep a certain amount of DMDs, new Sterns. Solid state, maybe an EM. You know, like I, I really try to balance all that. So if I take a like a like a '90s DMD game out of the place, I'll put another one back. In. Gotcha. You know, like if I take a Stern out, I'll put another Stern in this place. It's kind of the way that I, I, I work it out in my mind. Yeah, keep the ratios. Yeah, I when I do big swap outs, I'll draw like a little flow chart where I'll, I'll have all the locations in circles. And then draw lines where they're all gonna go to. Oh, nice! Yeah, you have like a hundred machines or something like that. Yeah, I got over a hundred machines. And there is a warehouse in Linton that has all these machines. I don't is know if it? I want to disclose it. Okay. <laughs> um, is there a machine you'd never put on location? No, no. That's what they're for, man. Bonsai run on location if, it if I had one. Okay. I don't have one, but I would do it for sure, man. Okay. That's what they're for. I mean, I got a fathom over there. That's a valuable game. That yeah, people yeah. are like, no, you can't. Yeah, I mean, I, I said this in an article before. It's like, this is what they're made to do: put quarters in the slots. They're not made to be hoarded in somebody's garage. Mm-hmm. You know, like it, they're meant to be played and have quarters ran through. You know, like so. It's, it's I've taken a lot of like the the EMs. Like I've changed them back so they can take quarters again because they were all on free play. You know, like I have two Gottliebs here, the Incredible Hulk and uh, Black Hole was the same way, that were wired when you hit the start button, it automatically has credits. So I had to take that out, take yeah. that hack out, you know, because I want the games to take quarters, man. Yeah. It's when they're happiest. It's uh, when the operator's happiest. Yeah, fair. I, 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 and by the way, I hate free play on, like, you know, it's cool to get a lot of people in the door, but people don't like they'll just hit four players on a game yeah, and, walk and then walk off and then the next player walks up they want to play a fresh game yeah and then you got to either drain all the balls or power cycle it yeah that's no, the worst yeah it's it's it i do not like it it's a waste of time yeah uh would you ever consider putting linked fast breaks on location in st john's <laughs> for sure man <laughs> i would love it i mean it would be great i would I, like I said, I would love to do something in St. John's. Okay. Like, that's that was my first choice. I mean, I love that neighborhood. I, I live in the hood, so it's like, that's that's my spot. Same. But for now, we're at Wedgehead in the Hollywood District, where the No used to be. Amazing lineup, great food. Come on down. Noon to midnight every day. Miners till 6 o'clock. And, yeah, man, anything else, go to the website or Facebook page. Okay, come put quarters in these machines. Thanks, Chris. Yeah, thank you. Hit me with some stats. Yeah, here's some fun ones. Hmm. Ready to have fun, Scott? I, I am. This will be the, the only fun I've had today.
Yeah. Lay it on me. Here we go. Two minutes of fun. Uh, I thought it'd be interesting to see how many locations on the map are called saloons. Oh. And uh, let's have you. How about you guess? How many saloons are there that have pinball? Saloons. Let's see. How many locations again? 5,689. <laughs> I'm flashing back to the first episode where I <laughs> yeah. reasoned these out for like 10 minutes. Uh, 5,000. All right. This Midwestern. No. I'll say there are 150 saloons with not, pinball. Not quite. There are, well, this has actually changed a couple since last time, but there's, I think there's 66 now. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, as an aside, I'm looking forward to playing Red Dead Redemption 2 in October. I really enjoy westerns and saloons. So you'll probably hop into a saloon in that game? Yeah, definitely be in some saloons. Nice. Well, you could go to a saloon in real life also. I don't. Uh, do we have saloons in Portland? Yeah. Oh, okay. I mean. There's got to be one, right? Yeah. Just, what is there? The... I'm I'm actually looking this up. There's we're both typing now. There's two. There's two. Silver Star Saloon. Uh huh. Oh, that's in Vancouver, Washington. No, it's got to be Water Trough Saloon. (laughs) Water Trough. Water Trough. Water Trough Saloon. Oh, operated by Quarter World. Mm -hmm. Uh, They got Kiss and Pirates. (laughs) It's the Kiss LE though. That's a pass. Okay. All right. What other fun are we having? Uh, I thought it'd be fun to... This is just something I noticed when machine comments would come in, that a lot of the times people were misspelling the word Slimer, and they were spelling it Slimmer. (laughs) (laughs) Like two M's instead of one? Yeah, two M's. Okay, Slimmer. And I I didn't want to... I didn't want to... You know, this isn't to you know criticize you if you yeah, don't know how no, to spell slimer it. okay i get it uh but it just there was there I was mean, there was more than two and that stood out to me it's the kind of thing where they know who slimer is which is to their credit but they probably don't care enough about ghostbusters <laughs> to have read the word slimer a lot you know right whereas like we probably had those little record books when you were a kid where you they tell you the story of ghostbusters yeah it says Slimer. Anyway. Yeah. And it, and this isn't a word you use outside of Ghostbusters. No. No. Uh, all right. So you're going to guess. So there are, there are 14 total instances of a comment that talks about Slimer. <laughs> and how many of those, Scott, are spelled Slimmer? I'll say I'm also very curious to see how many of those have a capital S, like a proper noun. Mm. versus versus slimer uh uh, 14 how many say slimmer oh geez uh well it seems to have jumped out at you so i will say eight of them say slimmer no only five but oh five okay so basically five do and nine don't which is good that's 36 percent say slimmer that's (laughs) that's pretty good yeah um, that was fun. Yeah. And those are the stats. Let's discuss about this now. Scott, 
when you're out playing pinball with your friends or your coworkers or your family and it's you're not the one playing you're you know you're playing a two player game it's not your turn they're playing what do you do when you're waiting for your turn to play let's discuss about that oh boy uh man so there's there's a number of different things i will do um but this is a challenge. I, will you uh, indulge me for some history? Go yeah, for it. A moment here. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think my mom listens to this podcast, so this <laughs> this shouldn't be a problem. But I'm a nervous. Oh, well, not not so much anymore. But there there was definitely a time in my life when I was a nervous public person, um, mm-hmm. especially in a bar situation. So much so that back when you could smoke in bars. There were a few times I tried to start smoking just so I'd have something to do with my hands. Yeah. I don't know, it's ridiculous. Luckily, it never took. Like, I, I could never get through a pack of cigarettes, and I just gave up on that. Yeah. Um, but it's always been a challenge. Well, I no, I think I'm through it. I'm fine now. But it was a challenge for a long time to think about what to do when there really wasn't a clear thing to be doing in a public space. And uh, this, to me, is the core of of the the question here so nowadays i think it's going to depend on the game being played who's playing who else is around and where i'm at mm-hmm. like if it's a new game i'm definitely going to watch mm-hmm. um if it's only me and this other person playing i'll definitely watch if there's multiple people playing then it's chaos like mm-hmm. i'm probably gonna have a conversation mm-hmm. i'm gonna be drinking a, a beer most likely yeah, but and, and here's here's like the the sad third option. Is that even I don't even know what the other two options are. Um uh and I see more and more of this nowadays, the old cell phone, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like you see people pull out the phone to check on something real quick and like there's that feeling when you're the one playing and you do really well or like do really poorly. And you turn around expecting to have a conversation about <laughs> what just happened, and someone's yeah. looking at their phone. It's a real downer, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I feel like that's and that's this is kind of what I was gonna hoping we'd talk about in this uh, section is that it is a downer. That's something I've noticed. You know, cell phones have been around for many years now, but when I lived in Portland, I I swear we just didn't care as much about them. Mm-hmm. And now we just we're we're more prone to scooping them up into our face when we have a free moment. And uh, I notice it especially in LA when I play with Danny because he's like the only one I play with here, and I played with him a lot in Portland too. And it's a little different now, not to disparage him, but there are a fair amount of times when what you described. It happens exactly where I'm really excited or like I got like an unlucky drain or something crazy happened. I spin around and I want to, I'm all excited and he's looking at his phone and he didn't see anything. And I'm like, ah, <laughs> ah. and he's like, oh, what's what? Oh, sorry, man. I, I had to do this. Yeah. And, and I'm I, like, I, all right, well, it's your turn. I mean, you know, obviously not, uh, picking on Danny here like no. everybody does that now and the, it's weird because uh, and I, I think what you said earlier resonated with me um, spare moment people think they have a spare moment so they look at their phones we've decided that when you are not playing pinball that is a spare moment now mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like once upon a time you'd be doing something else 
uh, it's not that you'd be sitting there staring at a wall. Like you, I don't know. That's weird. I don't really have a, a solution to that. I guess it to me feels like uh, we've discarded activities and now they're considered spare moments. And you know there is there is a, a balance when you're watching someone and if you're looking over their shoulder and watching them play. There's a balance in how much you can engage with them during that time. It depends on how casually you're playing. Uh-huh. or how open that other person is to hearing you chatter over their shoulder. Yeah. And I got to talk about Danny again. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I it's it I, I he doesn't he won't he doesn't like it so much if I make a comment while he's playing. And that's just cuz we happen to have a relationship where sometimes I make comments at the wrong time and it he thinks it causes him to drain mm-hmm. and uh and then he spins around and he's he blames me he's like great great thanks a lot good good comment and, i'm with uh, danny here <laughs> <laughs> I'm, a, but, I'm totally with danny i i feel like uh when i play i love talking to people but i need to be the one talking uh, like mm-hmm. unless i'm talking to you don't talk to me mm-hmm. kind of thing but what if you're just like, what if you, what if all you need to do is hit that lock and it seems clear to me watching you that you just have like no idea that all you're on ball three, you're just behind my score. All you got to do is knock it in no. that lock scoop and you're good to go. It. You don't, don't you want me to just be like, hit the lock, dude. No, I, I mean, I think your heart's in the right place. I think it's, you're only trying to help. But for me, when I'm playing, the only way I'm going to play well is if I'm in the zone and you can't be in the zone with a voice in your head. You got to be your own voice. Mm -hmm. So yeah, if you're not playing, uh, you know, whatever it's pinball, it's fun. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to, and Elijah is a talker. Um, Um, but, uh, you know, I, am not going to get super mad about it or anything, but I, I do play my best when either I'm focused or, in a conversation that I feel I have initiated. Yeah. That's all. So, yeah, I, I tend to not talk to people um, when they're playing. That is not a thing I do. But, and then when they drain, do you, do you comment usually? Are you like, wow, that was a great ball, but you you missed that one shot so many times. That looked frustrating. I feel like when you and I were <laughs> playing a lot, our post-ball conversations would be more retrospective (laughs) like you know oh i was trying to do this and then this happened but nowadays it's just like hey good ball you know just because we're not i mean at least the people i'm playing with we're not as uh i don't know what the word we're not practicing put it to you that way we're playing we're not training oh yeah yeah i was in it to win it i had i was training i needed to maximize we all were to some degree yeah um So yeah, I uh, when there's a lot of people standing around a machine, it's often hard for me to tell where to stand. Uh, mm. And then as I'm trying to figure it out, I become aware of my arms and my hands, uh, and then I don't know what to do with them. What about it's scooping a, scooping your thumbs in your belt loops? You try that? Uh, that feels very like uh, if I do that, I have to start leaning forward and backward. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I did hands in back pockets for a while. Mm-hmm. That felt fine, but if you do it for too long, you feel like you're grabbing your own 
but because you kind of are right and you yeah. can't do that for too long yeah it just starts building up like your hands are in there and then one squeeze turns into two and you know yeah. suddenly maybe, you're just squeezing your own butt maybe that's where the cell phone comes in is people have a hands moment and that's where their hands go and then the focus is gone i'm gonna think about this more i don't have a good go-to thing that i do when someone else is playing okay that's good then okay <laughs> what right. do, what do you do listeners <laughs> yeah what's your favorite thing to do when you're adjacent to pinball and will likely play it soon but are currently not playing it now it's time to dip in with danny b All right, now I want to chat with Danny B. We're dipping in. We're actually dipping, literally dipping right now. We are really We're at Philippe's dipping in. Original eating French dip sandwiches. And we're dipping with Danny B. That's right. How you doing? I'm great. Mr. Gratz or sir? I'm good. Uh, so last we left off, you were taking acid. <laughs> really? And like huffing, yeah, and talking about playing pinball as a kid. I want to just like God, those were the days. Yeah, I want to just you know we'll we'll sweep over many years right now. I just want to note like you had a bit of a drug problem for a number of years. Since I've known you, you have not. I've known you for ten years. I've never known that side of you. Yeah, it's just like some thing from your past <laughs> a long long past yeah. yes this would be true but it is something you did experience you were a junkie yeah yeah i, I did a little of that uh had a little problem with the uh you know due to circumstances and uh-huh. and uh i experienced a little went through a little trauma that, that i would say the normal average person doesn't have to endure um mm-hmm. just uh mm-hmm. in, in in a lot of areas of my life too um and it's all just very circumstantial uh, the west side of chicago is kind of going through a, a gentrification process and i i honestly believe that they were like pumping dope into the community and trying to get you know the the people who had already lived in within that community hooked so that they could take over the community but that's all another and you, podcast and you got hooked but i did yeah but yeah. that's when i met you <clears throat> you were in and you still are i met you through the crazy flipper fingers pinball gang in portland correct which you know they're they are a, a group of folks that would meet every other week we'd meet at a bar and people would get pretty trashed right there'd be a lot of drinking however right they like, used to say we're, we're a drinking gang gang with the pinball problem Ah, yeah. Nice. <laughs> and but beneath all that, there were a number of guys in there that were recovering. Yeah, yeah. DT I mean, Jay, he didn't drink, did he? Nah, yeah. Jay stopped drinking uh, yeah. a real short time after I did. Maybe right around the same time. I think. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I I almost feel like it. It started sort of a chain effect. I mean, before I had moved to the Northwest, like. I had never known anybody who didn't do some form of chemical, or, you know, whether it be herb or cigarettes or booze or whatever the fuck. Like, everybody had something, you know. Um, and if they didn't, there was some other vice, like 
gambling or sports or girls or boys or so was there girls something and boys was was there something in like the oh baby hey was there something <laughs> in the in CFF in this pinball group that helped you because I on the outside it would say yeah. and on the outside it would look like it would not help you because people were just like getting right. trashed together getting trashed and everybody it. nobody was sober until I got in that was a that was a, kind of an issue with me well I had just come off like pretty being homeless and <laughs> and, and basically living out of a GMC conversion van and uh, not in Portland I was never homeless in Portland but in, uh, you know I'd moved there you know, from my last friend in the world. Um, yeah, it, it helped me a lot, man. Like, I always looked at... I didn't want to... You know, I think that's the hard part about getting clean. And granted, like, I was... I wasn't, like... You know, I mean, I was definitely, like, had, had drinking problems and that... You know, whatever. But especially after I got off the dope, like, I tried to drink a few more times. And it was, like... It was really excessive and, and scary. Um, I started having, like, my first major blackouts where I'd blackout like you know seven eight hours of the day and wow. wake up in Taco Bell over there on 50th and in Foster like right by DV8 mm-hmm. I'd like I like woke up with a burrito sleeping on a burrito watching American Idol or some shit and I was like man I can't I had a TV in the van like a little, <laughs> little TV in the back oh, okay. and I remember I woke up in like I was like so early in the morning and I was like uh-huh. and I'm like oh fuck and I hadn't eaten and then there's the diabetes and all that so I probably should have eaten that burrito and, um, you didn't eat it you were sleeping on it I was it, sleeping on it it's like all on the side of my face my face was a little burnt <laughs> so I uh, yeah I mean there was definitely that aspect of it but for me it was I think the scary thing about cleaning up and that is like everything you have to give up that you associate with that you know like pinball definitely like and I, I'm not gonna lie. Like I sat in a lot of Chicago places and and shot dope in the bathroom and played pinball. You know, there was a Fishtails right down the street. I said, on Chicago, that place is like a nice burger joint now, but it was a little shithole white trash bar. Um, on the west side there, over on like Chicago and California, and there was a Fishtails up in there, and I used to. And, and it was like right at the safe place, so I used to go in there and play fish. I mean, there's a lot of things associated with drinking, all that stuff. But um, but I didn't want to give up. The pinball allowed me to like get, stay in the vein of like having some sort of social, that wasn't just whitewash, narc, you know, like recovery stuff. And mm-hmm. oh, I gotta stay away from the stuff and everybody who uses like. Yeah, I mean, that's probably smart to do, you know, but. I, I never really felt threatened either that I, everybody in the gang knew you know like because yeah. Matto told them Matto was the guy who lived with in Portland and knew John Ray Tilt and all that and uh, he broke it down to me as like dude if you see him drinking like beat his ass and I remember the first time I met DDT he was still drinking and uh, and I was like yeah he had you know had some substance abuse problems within his you know his family and friends and all that so um you know, we started talking, and he, you know, straight up said, "If I ever see you walking down Burnside on the west side, I'm gonna beat your ass." And that's when Burnside was, you know, you could cop down there when the Burger King was open and all that. He's, I'm gonna beat your ass, you know. Mm-hmm. And when he was DDT, a drunk DDT at that, it was like, well, fuck that. I mean, I'd like, I remember I had a couple like squirrely times where I went down to try to look and cop down there, and I was looking over my shoulder for DDT. Yeah. <laughs> 
I never did. Like luckily, circumstantially, I never, uh-huh. I never, never did any drugs or. I drank so a couple times in Portland, but I never, I haven't fucked with any drugs since then, man. I never, nobody in Portland would know me loaded on anything. Uh, yeah, and yeah, we'd, we'd look out for you and whoever else was in recovery. It wasn't yeah. acceptable for you guys to right. just like, be like, oh, everyone else is drinking, I'll take one now. Well, it was also, it, it, it kind of, it, it brings this like thing that you would associate with kind of being a burnout and a loser my whole life, like getting big, playing people, like, oh, I loved it. I just liked doing fucking drugs and playing pinball and yeah and uh man even like the coffee shop there you know we just that i lived above in chicago for many years i'd you know pinball and just get baked and take a nice fresh bipper and go down and play some you know drink all night play pinball like i didn't want uh, being in the gang kind of up that yeah we had goals we had yeah, goals we to had put goals. up initials, put throughout up the initials whole city. man it wasn't like and uh and then it also like introduced me into like the tournament. You know, we started throwing them tournaments and them weeklies. Jason Americo and you know them would throw them in the air and throw them Taxi Tuesdays and all them. And mm-hmm. yeah, we were kind of the first group to take advantage of the IFPA points. Too. Yeah, we just exploited yeah. the hell out of those. Yeah, we did. We had a different every week. There was a new tournament with a different name. Yeah, <laughs> remember how the real way to do it though was we found out that. You know, you could have those seven-point tournaments at the same bar, and they would all count together for some reason. Like he would just oh, yeah, you do like take, four you could, you couldn't do more than four. Like yeah, yeah, then he would add up the four you won. So if you want all four, man, like that was a big boost in ranking in those days. Yeah, it was cool. I cracked the top one hundred just yeah, from me too. just basically from weekly. Yeah, there was like five of there was like three, four CFFers who had cracked it. I think <laughs> you, me, um, oh, Death Save. That's three. Uh, Aaron. No, I think Noah cracked it. Um, Aaron definitely cracked it. There was somebody else too who would like creep, but everybody was in like the top two, three hundred. Yeah. And then you also, I mean, every place you worked at in Portland usually had pinball had too. Pinball too, man. I was still a bartender and all that. Yeah, it's kind of crazy to be a bartender in recovery, no temptation. You're, you have strong, better. strong will. It seems like. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I kind of believe in playing the tape forward you know mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, and I uh, you know as much as I'd like to get fuck, I just you know if you don't pick it up you won't get drunk you know you don't pick a bag of dope up and throw it in a cooker and throw it you know, <laughs> cook it up stick it in your arm you, you won't get loaded you know you don't stick a cigarette in your mouth and light it up and, so I'm, I'm I don't want to I don't want to test that yeah uh, I, I just I've tested it with like cigarettes, nicotine, you know, stuff like this, and I, I'm just back on full force, you know. Yeah, you test your limits. You see that you uh, you can't give an inch with the hard stuff. Right, and that was all in my twenties, man. Like I just wanted that to be over. Like, yeah. I couldn't wait for it to be over. I tried everything; it didn't work. Finally, I like moved to Portland. I made some solid friends. I like found this gang that I wanted to be a part of. You know, like mm-hmm. I had this big tattooed dude. With the who's nicknamed after dynamite, and he gave you this like straight edge tattoo on your back. Is that what it he did? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that's uh, my um, my, what's what's that? What's my youth of today tattoo? Yeah, what's the Krishna one though that he turned into? Oh, yeah, like, uh, Ray Capo Shelter, Shelter was that Ray Capo Ray today? Yeah, so yeah, in conclusion, pinball helped you recover from being a junkie. I mean, I, I would say it had a 
definitely a, was a very, very like almost as equal. I would I would say like thirty percent friends. I guess so. I'd say so we throw that into CFF too. But let's say like sixty percent friends, like forty percent still being able to live a normal life and 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 have some fun, some socially. That's not sitting in some church or at some damn you know like sober dance with like a Motley Crue cover band or something you know? <laughs> like, oh my god I hated all that stuff oh. they'd like have dance parties and everybody be in there dancing to Guns N' Roses <clears throat> I just rolled out of Chicago like hip hop and wasn't your style house and, you know like like the bangingest DJs and, I mean some of like the, the bangingest DJs in the world and MCs and you know and musicians and then I'm like she got mild that it seems to me <laughs> I swear to god the first time I went out I went to that what's that 80's club the the one above that was in like Vaseline Alley uh it's still there. The Fez, maybe? Is that what it's called? The oh, yeah. Fez? Uh-huh. Yeah. I went there with some people that I met in NA. And this is kind of before I met anybody in CFF or maybe around the same time. But I swear to God, they were like, they were dancing to like, loving an elevator, <laughs> living it up and I'm going down. And everybody was like going crazy. And they like put on like a Nirvana song or something. I didn't make the connection that like he's kind of from there, you know. And, mm everybody went nuts man I was like this this sucks this sucks this is like what am I the white man's paradise is Danny B's hell glad you got an Aerosmith reference in this episode alright I gotta get back to work soon lightning round lightning round you ready lightning round fast answers alright Jerry only or Jerry Garcia? Jerry Garcia. I, I know that's a weird for me to say. But I, just, I knew you'd answer that. Jerry I thought, Garcia. I thought it was Jerry, that's that a everyone. great one, man. God, that is a tough one. But yeah, I, I mean, I, I got to give props to Jerry only, though. Like, he kept the shit going with, man, I hate that Michael Graves. <laughs> Jerry Garcia. Yeah, you almost got pissed at me the other day when I asked you about Michael Graves. I was oh, like, what do you think? And guy. you're like, I'm getting pissed. Oh my God, I hated what Eddie Vedder sang for the Misfits. <laughs> Man, that's the only lightning round one I have. It's a lightning oh, round, lightning oh, round. Light, I had another round. one, but I don't have my notes in front of me. It was like, what would you prefer? Roadshow or... Jackbot. Jackbot. Yeah. I know that's crazy too on the quick answer, but uh-huh. man, Jackpot's so sweet. There's just so much. It's so deep. You Road can just go deep safe. You, you can just travel. go for the safe. Yeah, yeah. Roadshow's deep, but trade your goods. You can like, yeah, but to really crank up Roadshow, like you have to get lucky on the goods. Uh-huh. You know, you have to like score. Like there was one time where I when I broke the world record. Yeah, I remember that. And uh, when they used to just have the world record like posted up on some weird like site, <laughs> it's so weird. And uh, I, I just, I hit a ridiculous amount of loot for some reason. I would just hit, I, I got like fifty lassos or something like that, mm-hmm. and then I hit Texas, and it was over. It was over. I hit like at least eleven air fresheners, man. When I got, into, <laughs> when I got back into New York, you know, a couple through times through. 
No, I think my bonus was up to like four billion or something like that. I bet you wish like. Then you just had to max the bonus. Bonus. I bet you wish those things could translate to real life. Yeah, like you finish the game and then the yeah. machine just dispenses out fourteen air fresheners, just fourteen fifty lassos. Lasso, that'd be sick. Yeah. Well, there was the uh, the one game that gave you the Pogues, uh, <laughs> Safe Cracker. Oh, yeah. Did you ever play one that yeah. paid out? No, I never I played one. I think it was Shorty's or the Northwest Pinball Show had one, but they yeah. didn't pay It was probably out. Todd McCulloch's. I played that one at mm. IFPA finals one time when they were at McCulloch's house. And uh, me and what's his name? It must have been. God, what was it? It was somebody's kid. It was like a really good player. Now, it wasn't Usher or whatever. Is that his name? Usher? Usher. MC Usher. God, I'd be so pissed Close if I got enough. beat by a kid. Yeah. Um, MC Usher. It wasn't him, but it was. God, what was that? It was some short Italian dude. I can't remember his name now. His kids were cool as fuck, though. We ganked all of. Uh, we went on some Italian shit and ganked all the, uh, all the pogues and safe cracker from Tom McCulloch. <laughs> and Julie Gray was like, "You're putting those back, aren't you?" And we were like, "Yep." And I like left the room and I'm all shing 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 and homeboy's kid was like ping ching 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 <laughs> pockets just chinging. Good chat. Good chat. Alright, we gotta end it. Thanks for coming around. Thanks for dipping, Danny. Uh yeah, I got some toys in the on the on the shelf. No, we're not even gonna talk about your toys on your shelf. Danny's got a couple toys on the shelf. B. Doesn't matter. You can describe them all. Danny backlash. We'll have a special Bad episode house. where you catalog your toys oh, but yeah. for now my new name is Danny Backlass Rodriguez de la Rosa nice till next time tips and tactics in this <laughs> tips and tactics segment uh, we're gonna chat for just a couple of minutes about operators and how you can get operators more involved in using the map. Um, we had a comment about um, asking that we address this, and we do have things on the site that can help operators. I mean, basically, the pinball map has two overall goals. Those two goals are help people find machines and help businesses that choose to have machines thrive. We want to help those businesses and help those people. So we have a number of things on the site to help operators, one of which you, as an operator, might not know about. And even if you're not an operator, this could be useful to you because you can tell your operator friends. And we do have something like 274 operators listed on the map. And a fair amount take advantage of this tip and by using this tactic but a lot don't, but they might want to. If they knew about it, here it is. If you're an operator, you get you can get tagged at a location like uh, Water Trough Saloon is operated by Quarter World, and that's data on our site. And Quarter World has elected to have their email address in our system, and nobody sees it, but it's in there. And what happens if, is if somebody leaves a comment on one of their machines, once a day, they'll get a digest of all the comments left on their machine. Zuh. And uh, so that's the tip, is that you can 
get an automated message telling you what machine comments have been left on your machines. And a lot of operators find this to be really useful because the, a lot of the comments are related to problems with machines. And it's an easy way for them to keep on top of issues with their machines. You know, there are other ways. A lot of times people write down notes and give them to the bar, but those don't always make it to the to the operator. So our goal is that operators will use the map. And I mean, I would say that we get locations suggested to the map and we get at machines added and removed to and from the map. And a huge amount of those edits are done by operators. I mean, like... We have a lot of operators using the site. I don't know, maybe half of all those are done by operators wow. because that's just kind of a wild guess, but a lot of them use it. And uh, I, I think it's because they see the value in the site and that's great. That's what we want it to be valuable for them. We want it to help their business. We want it to be useful and easy for them. Thus the automated messages. And as a fun aside, Yesterday, we had an, op- an operator in the Philadelphia region, Lansdale Amusements, who uh, have a lot of locations in that area. They just purchased from us five t- pinball map t-shirts. And I sent them today and I, I asked her, I was like, uh, I was like, just wondering why you're, why you bought five. I actually asked her, did you mean to buy five? Because <laughs> I thought it might have been a mistake. And she said that she's uh, giving them to her service technicians to wear. And I just thought that was really, really awesome because, yeah. I mean, I don't know. It shows that she she likes Pimble Map enough to and sees it as valuable enough to have her technicians actually wear our T-shirts as they go out. Yeah, getting operators on board is huge for everybody users and operators i uh, well i'll say as a user i feel like it's huge for me i would hope that it's equally useful for operators yeah uh, i think like in portland the operators are really on board quarter world and mike mahaffey and stuff like that they who just they they roads out of order chris Rhodes, he's an operator and friend of the show they regularly, once a week or once every other week, will kind of start rotating machines around, and they just update the map as they go. And you could just see that they've, oh, they made 20 map updates today. And it's really cool that they're that on top of it. But yeah, that's a nice little tip for operators. You can, or if you're an operator or you know an operator, how can you get, how can they get their email in our system? First off, we won't add your email without you explicitly telling us it's okay because we don't want to start sending unsolicited daily digests of machine comments to you. So you need to just contact us, contact your regional administrator or contact the map, which is pinballmap.com slash contact, and tell us you want your email in, tell us your operator name, and then we'll add it, and that's it. Thanks for that tip. You betcha. Well, I guess that's about it. I guess that's our time for this month. Uh, yeah, I guess that wraps it up. I feel like uh, we got through a lot of interesting topics. Uh, there was some fun mixed in there, which is nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you have any things you want us to cover, specific questions about how the map works or whatever, please get in contact with us. Yeah, we're uh, especially interested to talk to operators and site admins um, to get your thoughts and experiences using the site. If you're interested in being interviewed for this podcast in one of those capacities, please reach out. 
Okay. Well, I guess I'll talk to you in a month, Ryan. See you later. Yeah. <laughs> See ya. Bye. Bye. Shut up and go. Say Spinita. And drive carefully.